The Lifestylist, episode 106, featuring Nadine Artemis. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. You are listening to part two of two with Nadine Artemis. If you were so unlucky as to miss part one, I highly suggest you jump back and check that out. Okay, I've got something really cool to share with you, and that is my latest find in the biohacking tech world. If you follow me on social media or you listen to this show, you know I'm always looking for the latest and greatest when it comes to technologies with which to improve my health. And I recently stumbled across something called a Juve, that's spelled J-O-O-V-V. And the Juve is a red light therapy device that you use in your home. And that's what people always see on my social media. And they ask me, what the hell is that red light behind you? Or I'm going to tell you about it. Check it out. Let me break it down like this. So just like whole food can be broken down into different vitamins and minerals, well, sunlight can be broken down into different colors. So just like the nutrients in whole food, each color of sunlight has its own effect on our bodies. This is why you feel so awesome when you get out into the sun, right? Well, each color of the sun spectrum has its own unique properties, and each one penetrates your body and benefits your body in different ways. So once your body absorbs this light, the energy is converted into cellular energy, which kicks off a series of metabolic events like the formation of new capillaries, elevated production of collagen, and the release of ATP, which is the stuff that gives you shit tons of energy. So red light therapy sounds a little crazy, but it's been approved by the FDA and its effectiveness is studied all over the world. So basically in the world of science, medicine, biohacking, it's irrefutable that red light therapy really works. Some of the benefits include repairing sun damage. Now, I'm someone that likes to get out in the sun as much as possible, and I don't want to look 85 years old when I'm still in my 40s. So it reduces wrinkles, it enhances muscle recovery and peak performance, heals acne and other blemishes, fades scars and stretch marks, speeds up wound healing. I just use mine to actually heal Uh, a dental implant that I got and that shit was healed up in like three days it was crazy and it increases testosterone production so it's a really cool technology essentially you just stand in front of this really powerful red light it feels really good it only takes a few minutes a day and the benefits are insane like my energy is off the charts so if you want to check it out here's the deal go to juve.com that's j-o-o-v-v.com and as always I've got a hookup for you $25 off if you decide to order one of these gadgets for your Yourself. The audience code that you want to put in the cart is Lifestylist. So that's $25 off using the code Lifestylist. The website is juve.com, the next level of red light therapy. It's also worth noting that these units on the professional medical side can cost upwards of fifty dollars to $100,000. So the guys at Juve have figured out a way to make this affordable for the consumer in-home use model, and their units start at under $1,000. It's pretty rad. So again, go to juve.com, enter the code Lifestylist, and save $25. 
25 bucks off your order. This show is brought to you by my friends over at Clearlight Saunas. And I want to give you the opportunity here to save a considerable amount of cash if you're interested in purchasing an infrared sauna. If you go to healwithheat.com and enter the code LUKE, you're going to save $450 as well as receive free shipping and a free ergonomic backrest to use in the sauna. So you can go to healwithheat.com, use the code Luke, or just give them a call. They're super cool people. It's a family-run business. You can call them at 800-317-5070. Now, why do I use an infrared sauna? Okay, let me just get into that. I use it for weight loss and increased metabolism. So basically, I'm losing weight, burning calories from just sitting on my ass in the sauna. This is, you know, scientifically verifiable. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. Uh, Muscle pain relief, immune system boosting, massive detoxification, improves the appearance of my skin, eases joint pain and stiffness, and it's just really good for stress and fatigue reduction. When you chill in an infrared sauna after about five minutes, what happens is you go into a parasympathetic nervous system state, which means you are cold chilling. So it's just really good for relaxation. Now, if you want to learn more about saunas in general, I'm going to suggest that you go back to my episode number 24, because the whole damn episode is about infrared saunas, okay? So again, if this is something you're looking into, I think they're the best in the market. They've got indoor and outdoor models starting at $24.95. They're very reasonable, really high quality. And again, if you use the code LUKE, you're going to save $450 off your purchase, free shipping, and a free gift by going to healwithheat.com or giving them a ring at 800-317-5070. Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. You are listening to perhaps the luckiest man in the entire known universe. You know why? Because this is what I get to do for a living. My name is Luke Story, and today I'm here to deliver unto you one of my favorite experts in the field of natural beauty, Nadine Artemis. Nadine's the creator of Living Libations, an exquisite line of serums, elixirs, and essential oils for those seeking the purest in botanical health and beauty products on the market today. And I'm going to tell you, that is a true statement. I've been using her products for, God, going back probably 10 years. If you went into my medicine cabinet right now, you'd find, let me see, I'm guessing five, maybe between five and eight different products. And, uh, you know, that's why I like to have her on the show. This is her second visit. We did a talk before, uh, maybe in my first top 10 episodes. And uh, we talked all about sun. We really, really focused. And we do cover, actually, again, some updates on the whole sun conspiracy and why you need it. But we go very deep in this episode into all things natural beauty. So a little more about Nadine. She's got a new book out called Renegade Beauty. I've got a copy of it right here on my computer in front of me. And it is awesome. Now, I'm waiting to get the hard copy to really dive in uh, because it's hard for me to read PDF books on a computer. I want to sit down with the actual book, but uh, I've scanned it for this interview and it is powerful and it's totally in alignment with everything I talk about on the show and my whole philosophy for health. She's also the author of another book of hers I have in hard copy called Holistic Dental Care, The Complete Guide to Healthy Teeth and Gums, which is another topic we cover at depth in this particular interview. So here's a summary of the knowledge bombs Nadine nukes us with in this episode. One, 
the importance of sun and why sunscreens are not the answer, how in ancient times the sun was used as a medical treatment, the fact that thousands of vitamin D receptors live in and on our bodies. Really trippy stuff. You've got vitamin D receptors actually in your organs. Very cool information. Why vitamin D3 is one of the most vital nutrients and is crucial to a strong immune system. How a lack of D3 causes bone disease and cavities. The dirty little secret about sunscreens that the industry doesn't want you to know. We're going to tell you, though, myth-busting once again on the podcast. Why breasts and genitals need sunshine. It's not just a ploy to get people naked. You really need to get sun all over your body. Why commercial deodorants are so dangerous and what to use instead. How wearing certain types of bras increase the risk of breast cancer. Wah, wah, wah. The environmental impact of using hair dyes and chemical beauty products. How women have been brainwashed into overusing makeup. Wow, especially here in Hollywood, y'all. Seriously. And what are the best and worst foods to eat for skin? skin health and why eating vegetable oils is the worst. The reason Nadine stopped being a vegan after giving birth to her son. The important role that essential oils play in the power of natural beauty products and the scientific research that supports their efficacy. How to avoid fake essential oils. Your dental microbiome and why you need to protect it to avoid tooth decay. And then the real reason why sugar rots your teeth. Then we find out one question I've really always wanted to ask Nadine, and that is, is oil pulling a real thing or is it totally bogus? And if it is a real thing, which oils work best? The secret to whitening your teeth, and a little hint there, it doesn't come from the outside. And then finally, Nadine gives us a little bit of a heads up as to why we might want to avoid doing traditional teeth whitening at our dentist. I did this years ago and it actually wrecked my teeth. So she's going to explain why that happened and help you <laughs> to avoid that hopefully in the future. Okay. So this is an action-packed double episode. I'm really excited to bring Nadine back to the show. So now I give you the one, the only Nadine Artemis. One thing I always like to come back to, though, is some sense of balance. You know, I as I'm sitting here, as you're speaking, I'm taking notes that are going to become the show notes and the intro to the show where I sort of bullet out all of the topics that we discussed. And I'm tempted sometimes to use fear tactics like clickbait to get people to like <laughs> listen to, you know, like I could name this podcast like, you know how to avoid, or, you know, the, the top 10 toxic chemicals that are going to make your tits fall off, you know, and like get a few more clicks than maybe if I'm like, hey, be healthy or whatever. So it's like, I don't like to get into fear or negativity, especially in terms of, of marketing. So there's, there has to be an awareness. But then at the end of the day, also, you know, there's some things that you just, you really can't control and trying to control it all causes this sort of control freaky neurosis that is probably more unhealthy than just having some fluoride toothpaste. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, how do how do you find the balance of living a healthy lifestyle with without being too freaked out? Like if you're going to speak in an event and you stay in the hotel and well there's chlorine in that water and you know everything maybe. I don't shower. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I try I travel with I'm like I'm trying to get you I to be more moderate. Filter. I travel with my own filter, you know, and yeah, I do. I bring, I, you know, what's funny though, the last time I did that, I got my pliers taken away at, um, by the TSA because I had them in my carry on because I would bring pliers to take off their uh, shower head and put on my, you know, my one. And a little electrical tape. 
Yeah, totally. All yeah. that. Stuff. Yeah, the shit I travel I'm with. with <laughs> the shit I travel with is ridiculous. In fact, I'm in the process of making a whole online course about hacking travel and being a total control freak. So, Perfect. I mean, do you do you think in in terms of finding that balance for you that you just you've adopted so many of these micro uh, habits, you know, positive habits over the years that you don't have to be controlling and freaky about it because it's just it's just how you do things. Yeah, there's so much stuff that we do. And because I'm I'm working on my business, you know, it's like full time, obviously being a business owner, I don't go too far when I go away. And then having had a child, I just like, it just felt like it's like, that's a whole new way to travel, right? <laughs> like, oh, like you have to relearn how to travel when you have a child. I um, can only 10. imagine. Yeah, <laughs> he's 10 now. So we're really that's cool. cruising right along. But we are in the past, um, you know, really 15 years, I haven't gone to really that many different countries. I've been to Bali. So I like, cause for me, it's like, I do need to know my food and water supply. So I, I can't say I've gotten that exotic with my travel, but it's also because I'm, it's just not, I'm not at that stage yet because, uh, cause of my work and business. But anyway, right. right. So there's that. So I, I, I do know, like, you know, I often have to go to California, Hawaii, which is just I'm lucky and it's, it's beautiful. And I know where to get my water and food. So that's sort of taken care of. And then if I go to the conference, I will bring my own shower filter and stuff, but I usually actually, I'm fine. I just have like sort of a European showers. I just get my bottle of spring water that I have in the bathroom and it's for washing, bathing and washing my face. So, and my brushing my teeth. So I just sort of take care of it that way. Yeah. And then it's, you know, I, I haven't eaten airplane food in like 20 years. I've actually, I've eaten organically for over 20 years and I haven't eaten processed food in that length of time as well. So I've been hardcore for wow. a long time. Wow. And, and that's also like, so I'm really hardcore about our raw materials and ingredients and what we make for living libations. So through my own neuroses, I think everybody gets to benefit. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it too. Cause people ask me, uh, you know, listeners of the show and stuff, they're like, dude, like, God, your lifestyle seems exhausting. How do you find time to like do all this stuff? But because it's been oh, 20 plus years now of applying these practices to my lifestyle, to me, it's it's all automatic because I've done all of these things incrementally. It's not yes. as if one day I was eating a McDonald's, smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, and then the next <laughs> day became Mr. Organic. It happened over the course of many years. So now when my morning routine of getting in front of my juve red light therapy, taking an infrared sauna, doing an amp coil, shining lasers up my nose. I mean, I do like, <laughs> I do like 10 totally bizarre things before I even leave the house, you know, meditating, Kundalini yoga, all this weird stuff. And my clients and, you know, people that don't know me that well from the outside go, Oh my God, like all this shit you do, how do you do it? And I go, well, it's just, you get up and go to the bathroom and take a shower and brush your teeth. There's things that you make your bed. Hopefully there's things that I think your average person does that are automated that they don't remember when they picked up that practice or habit. It's just, I don't know, you grow up, your parents teach you how to act and those are just things you do every day. So perhaps for people like you and me, uh, it might seem extreme or even controlling at times, but it's just the way you do things. It's not a big deal, right? Yeah, totally. I do these things too, but I like to be like kind of really low maintenance, but I find like when these pillars are in place, then it allows my body to function 
how I feel it should. And then I can be like, like I need my things, but I feel like, you know, I don't want to maintain my body in that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have a hair appointments and nail appointments and all that. But so I feel like I maintain it in a different way. Right. Which to me is sort of like a different baseline. And, right. Uh, yeah. That's then, interesting. And then I feel like yeah. I'm fed and I'm nourished. And, and then to be where we live, to me, that was the biggest piece because, you know, I grew up where we had, you know, I grew up in a little town, but then we had, we had a cottage and I went to camp and I went on canoe trips and then going to university. And, and then, you know, you're a young adult finding your way through the, the world. But to me, that was the time when I wasn't in nature. And that contrast just made me go, holy cow, I have to get back there. I don't even want to camp anymore because I need my bed in the middle of a forest. <laughs> right, and, right. and so that became so clear to me. And um, then luckily when I met Ron, he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so to me, it was so important as like, like really one of the most important things I could do was to like move to where I knew that there was pure water and pure air and park it right there. And so, you know, that in this world, as all this stuff flashes before our eyes and, you know, there's all these things, I just, I look out and what I need to really nurture my soul so that I can do what I need to do on this planet is I, you know, I need to see the horizon lines and see the sun rising and inhale the fresh air and be with the spring water and then that to me is like the foundation that sounds amazing that sounds amazing as i sit here in the middle of hollywood (laughs) (laughs) look out at five cell towers and oh my god you know i'm excited though because i just over the past year of doing the podcast and things like that i've retired from being a fashion stylist and i that used to i used to have to live in hollywood to make a living i mean you can't you know move to the boonies in canada and go dress people on photo shoots you know Uh, and then I'm scaling back my fashion school to an online business um, in this during two, yeah in 2018. So it's been occurring to me lately, at least I mean I probably would have to live close to Los Angeles, but I I really actually am not required to live in the city. I could at least move to Topanga or Ojai or somewhere around here as a as mm-hmm. a trial run before just bailing out and moving to freaking Idaho or something. So. I'm I'm inspired by your lifestyle decision and thank God you had a partner that was on board with it too. I think that's important when you meet someone as one of you, you know, discussing your values and goals and where you want to end up. It's it's important to uh I think look at settling down with someone that has the same agenda in terms of where they want to live ultimately because man, city life and country life is really really different in so yeah, ma- in is. so I many mean, ways. People thought they're like, "Oh, you're going to go crazy there we're like no but there's people you know there's people everywhere so you know but I just feel like come leaving from here I feel so nourished then to go to LA or something like that because I feel like I'm taking all this with me and I know I can come back to it and then it's just really fun because then you're like hey we're in New York this is so fun and it's neat to see my son you know you hope he loves it here and it's neat because he does have fun going on adventures, but he's like, you know, mama, I love where we live. Oh, that's cool. 
That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in the country and I always hated it. I was I was dying to <laughs> I was dying to move to the city. We they used to take me to San Francisco on field trips and I was like, uh, can you guys just drop me off? I want to go hang out on <laughs> Haight Ashbury, man. Like I'm not feeling the country. Okay, so so back to a couple more things I want to cover here. It, you started talking about, you know, eating organic for all of these years and and bringing it back to the beauty piece and skincare and your nails and hairs and all the stuff that we care about on on sort of the outer level. What are some of the best and worst foods we can eat in terms of supporting our outer beauty? You mentioned these rancid seed oils and things like that. Give me a little bit more of that. Yeah. So that whole realm of those oils and anything that's made with them. And I feel like, you know, there really is a variety of ways that once we're talking about pure food, there's a variety of of food systems that are going to work for some people right? Like for some, you know, raw dairy works, for some it doesn't. For some, being a vegetarian is okay, and some people need some wild game. And so I don't like to get too didactic about that, because sure, I really, sure. I have delved into, I've, I've been everything <laughs> for many, you know, many years on different things. And I really understand that. And I just like to say that because I, I want people I don't want people to get too pigeonholed or, or emulate a system because you it's really, it's amazing. And some days you, some years you may thrive one way and then you have to go to another. I feel like a lot of people can really look at your immune system. And then we've got new things that come up like lectins. Like that's a whole new interesting realm that's making some vegetables not appropriate for autoimmune diseases, the ones that have lectins. But I'll tell you what's definitely what I think probably nobody should eat is those oils, corn generally, unless you know you've grown some in your backyard from a heirloom seed. And then again, not too much because there are proteins in there that are like the issues that we have with wheat. I don't think anybody thrives on gluten. And that's from, you know, a very obvious autoimmune issues to just, um, if you, you know, I, I just, it was interesting because I didn't think I had any gluten issues at all, but then I experimented with stopping eating it. And wow, the subtle shifts were amazing. I love massages. Who doesn't? <laughs> and uh, I would always put time in my schedule for one. But actually, after I stopped eating gluten, it was about six months later. And I was like, hey, I'm not even booking massages anymore. Like it was just, I feel like some kind of level of tension left my body. And uh, and I really didn't see any signs at, as to why I should not eat gluten. I just like to experiment. So I don't eat gluten. Um, I don't think anybody should eat soy. Uh, you know, you can dabble a bit with fermented soy things like miso. And, um, you know, nobody should be eating like factory farm meat. That's for what's sure. for, for those listening that might be more of the vegetarian or vegan bent and, and use uh, soy as a staple of their diet, as, as many vegetarian, you know, dishes come with tofu and stuff. What's the problem with soy? Well, it's a real estrogen mimicker. And um, it, so for, you know, especially for young boys, you know, if they have soy formula, there's apparently, uh, there's a book called The Whole Soy Story that has more of the stats in it, if you're interested in it. But it's almost like giving a baby boy like one birth control pill a day. Oh my God, gnarly. Yeah, totally gnarly. And I myself, like I had years of being a vegan and... Um, so I ate a lot of soy because it was also, I was a, veg, a vegan that needed like those hits of protein. Like I was like, I needed more than a salad, but 
wow, did it ever get to a stage two where I, you know, I had actually acne for the first time in my life for a couple months, which was so bizarre and what it did to my cycle. So I feel like I'm glad I went through that because I feel like I can really speak from an experienced place. And then the moment I stopped, it was like all gone. And I, yeah, I I had even cramps for the first time with my cycle and things like that. So that was really interesting to see. I think I just had such a buildup. And then, you know, that was before we really understood about soy because that was like, right. Like the exciting health foods, health. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it still is perceived that way. I don't know. Yeah. You know, even when you're, when you're looking at healthy foods, like a, a pastured egg um, that might eggs might not work for people or cashews. I have seen so many people get breakouts with cashews. So this is where that's why it's really important. I think there's some general like no food that humans shouldn't eat like a Twinkie. real and then really you really want to tune into how do you 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 know you really have to go how do I feel after I ate this how am I feeling the next day how is my digestion and we really have to become like a tuning fork for what our body needs and is that shifting is it shifting with the seasons is it shifting after childbirth that was you know a real wake up call for me um, after giving birth and breastfeeding for many years, I was just like, I need other food. And being vegan, I definitely saw the devastation of not getting enough fats. So what were the, what were the side effects of, of having that fat deficient vegan diet? Well, you know, I can't, I, it was more of a feeling Uh, of of a wide range of things and and coming out I didn't go oh my god I didn't get enough fat I got to eat it now it was more like once I'd reintroduced different varieties of fat into my diet I was like oh like I don't know there was a lubrication (laughs) you know that just felt so general for the body I you know I think there's there's a lot that's great about becoming a vegan because well for me it was great because I got off all standard food programs and so it saved, probably saved me from eating, you know, it did. Like I, that's the moment it was, I was 18 and I saw Lisa Bonet on the Phil Donahue show. And she, and they, and there was, it was um, Raul Julia and, uh, and the guy who wrote the book Diet for a New America. And I'd heard of vegetarians, and this was a while ago. Now we all heard of vegetarians, but these folks, they weren't eating any dairy. And I was just like, wow, I'd never heard of that. I got the book right away. And I was just like, just to just to understand the impact of our food system on the environment. That was just a really new moment. And so that started me to um, being a vegan. So what the great thing is, is from that moment forward, I never ate um, you know, factory farm meat again. I never ate processed foods again. I went to be organic. So while I may have missed out on some fats and some different things, the great thing is, is I, you know, didn't eat a hormone laden, antibiotic laden diet for many years. So, you know, there were some pluses and minuses to that. I think it saved, saved me from a whole, you know, that whole path. And the great thing is it really made me read labels in the supermarket 
And I got these other books, like uh, there was Nikki and David Gold books, like Food Guide. And it was like all about how to read supermarket labels. And then it talked about that the food in the supermarkets, probably only like five different conglomerates that make it. And then I started exploring health food stores and farmers markets. And then I was like, in my teens, I was like really into mixing and making um, like perfumes and different things. But I wasn't really tuned into the difference between naturals and synthetics. And so through that food knowledge, it wasn't long before I totally examined all of my like body shop product labels. And I was like, holy shit, this is filled. This is all just pretend. And it's the cucumber face toner never saw a cucumber. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, I was so grateful because from the, that, though, it just was in a few months, I was at university, I was living on my own. So I had all this independence and space. And I made all my own food, I started making cashew milks and shiitake stews, and I was making lip balm and perfumes. And then I started like, diving deep into essential oils and I started importing them and I was writing distillers all over the world. So I, I'm so thankful for that moment because it really tied in so many things together. And then on a fun story, a few years ago, um, I was in Topanga and this lovely woman came up to me and she's like, are you Nadine Artemis? And I was like, yes. I was at a friend's party and she's like, I'm so thankful. I just heard your talk on breast health. And I was just on your website and she looked really familiar and it was Lisa Bonet. Oh, no way. Yeah. And then I didn't put it all together at the time, but I had a chance to uh, write to her later. And actually I even wrote about it in my book, but I just thought it was such a full circle moment because she thanked me, but really like that moment, because when you get a little bit older, you can really see these really minute moments of your life that seemed insignificant at the time. But when you string them all together, like I can fully see the path of how I got here today. And even in these microscopic moments and that moment and listening to her talk about factory farming and the whole food supply and that, you know, it takes like whatever 50 gallons of water to make a pound of meat or whatever, you know, whatever that was, it was so significant in my life. So I was able to then thank her. Oh, that's awesome. That. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah my journey uh, is very similar. You know, it was led into, I was never a vegan, but I was a vegetarian, but was led into the world of full on organic health food and all of that through that same route. So yeah, I relate to that for sure. And then what about, you started to talk about how you were making your perfumes and things like that in the early days with essential oils. And this probably requires another entire episode because I know you, <laughs> I know you have a body of knowledge there, but I, I do have a couple questions about uh, oils. And that is in terms of essential oils for the skin and for beauty, because you, I mean, obviously you have like a massive suite of essential oils and use them in most of your products, if not all of them. Um, can you just tell someone, you know, what an essential oil is just in a very broad sense first off, and then I have a couple other follow-ups. For sure. So there's a lot of essential oils on the market. And the most important thing whenever I'm talking about essential oils is they have to be genuine and authentic. And because it's an industry that's grown a lot, there's a lot of false ones out there. So just know that we're always talking about the real deal. And an essential oil is a is most often distilled from the plant matter. And then you get this real essence, this real quintessence of the plant matter. 
So plant, like let's say rose blossoms are gathered. Ours comes from the Valley of Roses in Bulgaria. It's, an, it's all organic. And then they take, they wake up in the early morning and pick all the petals. And then they're put into an alembic, a distillation unit. There'll be a heat source at the bottom, which is usually like recycled plant matter for the fuel to make the fire. And then all the roses are put into the big pot, so to speak. And then the heat source bursts open the aromatic substance from the petals. So not all plants have aromatic molecules, but obviously the ones from essential oils do. And the heat makes them become a vapor. And so the essential oils, it's like... It's real alchemy. And so that's like, you know, it's talked about to be the soul of the plant. So you get this evaporative quality where they become vapor and then they go into a condensing coil and they get cooled. And when they get cooled, it's like they've come back to life, so to speak. And they are now in a material form again. They're not just a vapor. And then that is um, because it is an oil it's not mixing with the water. So when it comes back to life in that cooling phase, you get the essential oil sitting on top of a water and that water is called a hydrosol. And that also contains, it's not like normal water, but it contains also an imprint of the plant and contains microsoluble components of the essential oil. Now, essential oils are not oily, even though they're called that. They're actually volatile substances, which means that they are evaporative and some of them are actually even flammable um, in large quantities, like an orange peel oil would be a flammable oil. So they're volatile substances. If you left the, the bottle, the cap off the bottle, they would evaporate eventually. And so, and that's the essential oil. And so from all the beautiful plants, we have all these beautiful oils and they all have different properties. But in general, they're all antibacterial, antifungal and antiviral which is really neat and why I really think they are, you know, they've been the met, they've been medicine for eons, but I feel like they're so great for modern times because they are antifungal, antiviral, and antibacterial, as well as depending on the oil, you know, often they're anti-inflammatory and all these anti-antis, these great ants. And so um, while we have issues with antibiotic resistance, People are looking, researchers and scientists are looking for things to help that. And many studies show that, you know, cinnamon oil will take care of E. coli. It will, uh, there's many that are uh, effective against uh, the MRSA viruses. And so what, it's great because essential oils are really being studied now in our age of antibiotic resistance because it's very serious and we know we cannot rely on antibiotics to be what we thought they once were because of the overuse, the overprescribing, the just how they're, you know, used in agriculture, just crazy amounts. And so what's been discovered and which brings a lot of scientific validity to why they've been used for thousands of years is that many essential oils are something that's called, uh, they have a QSI, they're quorum sensing inhibitors, which means that they can tackle the pathogens, they can clean up the pathogenic activity while working cooperatively with the beneficial bacteria. So much like how you were saying that plants that get a lot of sun produce this natural sunscreen that then we can mm -hmm. apply and sort of steal that technology from the plant, so to yeah. speak, that 
it sounds like in the same way, the essential oils that are inherent to these various uh, botanicals that are antifungal, antiviral, anti this, anti that, they're doing that for the plant. And then through the process of extracting those oils, we're taking that medicine that was put in the plant by nature and we're applying it to our bodies. Could Would, would that be a way you could contextualize that? Exactly. That's the way. And there's the word oil and sometimes it's confusing for people because it's not like jojoba oil, which is a, a lipid fat oil. So there's no fat in an essential oil. There's like no lubrication and they're highly concentrated. So one drop of rose oil contains the plant matter of about 60 rose heads. Whoa, that's insane. That's insane. And so when we're thinking about using them, we really are thinking in terms of one drop at a time. And so to me and my whole journey with them is is just like to tune into how they were used in the ancient world. I felt was to really tune in into like some secrets that were written on the walls of the universe and to be able to inhale with them and engage with them has just been such an honor because they really are like it's great because they have like all this science behind them and they're also just a miracle. They're like a miracle ingredient that we get to play with. And they're, I love all kinds of extracts and herbal extracts and flower essences and tinctures, but the essential oils are just so multifaceted. And because they connect in with the mystery of our sense of smell, they really bridge what's tangible and intangible in the world. Because it's this material form, yet it, it takes on the ethereal qualities of a, an invisible vapor, an invisible sense of smell. So you get this, all the senses really get to be um, delighted by an essential oil. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the essential oils were something for a long time I didn't really pay much attention to. And then uh, someone came over to my house years ago and did this little demo and turn me on to some of them. And now I'm just obsessed. Like I use them all the time. Like I'm really, really into it. I don't know that much about them, but I just know I like to have a lot of them around. The other question I had about the oils was, you know, I've had a lot of experts because I'll post something on Instagram or whatever of an oil that I'm using. And then I'll get messages from people like, oh, that one sucks. It's they use hexane and alcohol for the extraction method. You're supposed to do the old world way of distilling them. And what's the deal with how the extraction is done? And do some companies that are less knowledgeable or less scrupulous use models of extraction that are in fact toxic? Well, the thing is, it's not just even methods of extraction it's just literally that's not what it is like they're just there's adulterants added. (laughs) (laughs) there's all these terms like they're folded they're refractionated they you know or like melissa essential oil is is from the lemon balm plant which is a common herb but it doesn't yield a lot of essential oil so all the pricing like they're all different prices because it really depends on how much essential oil the plant yields and if there's some issue with the market that year like was it raining a lot in bulgaria and then that's going to affect the whole market there's a vanilla shortage issue right now that's probably going to continue for a few years so it's neat because it's like having this cachet of oils for our business is like our own little stock market. And we really have, you know, we work, we have hectares that are dedicated to our growing. And I've been working with most of my distillers for over 20 years and they're really into the art of it. Some of them are fifth generation. There's a lot of artisan, you know, and I just go for the best quality in all of them. 
but there's a lot of just not real as as anything <laughs> right. in this day and age. Just like so it uh, the problem is they are not what the not label real. says it yeah. is. Yeah. So so what we've it, been doing is yeah. having third party testing done ah, on cool. all our oils, and then we're putting the, that documentation up with uh, as a photo with each each of our oils because it's getting a bit crazy out there. And then there's even like you know because some marketing on some oils is so strong like some people some companies are just really got their marketing game on and then they're creating like micro shortages so then the tanacetamanum uh, also known as blue tansy oil uh, wasn't harvested properly because they were harvested from the roots so then other companies are creating other shortages and it's getting a bit gnarly out there so it's in the world of essential oils, it's sort of the wild west, I guess, at the moment, since they're blowing up on a more commercial level. Yeah. And then it's interesting, though, too, because then when those oils are, are some people are just, hey, I'm going to get that bottle and then just send it to my own lab. And then you can find like, you know, there's some then they're like that peppermint's got fake menthol in it. Or, yeah, back to the lemon balm. So lemon balm, Melissa is really expensive. Um, but it's so easy to create what would smell like Melissa because it's very lemony. So it can be cut with lemongrass or, uh, even lemon oil. And so, or, you know, or, or lavender will have fake amounts of synthetic linalool added to it and on and on and on. Oh, interesting. It reminds me of my old drug days where you'd buy a little bag of white powder thinking it was one thing and there was a lot of another thing in it. <laughs> <laughs> we used to call it, it's been stepped on a lot. You, know? oh. <laughs> you would take it and nothing would happen. You'd be like, hmm, it looks like it is what it is, but maybe there's not a lot of that in it. So yeah, um, sort of, you, you'll still smell it. So you think it's real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There used, yeah. There, there used to be this one strain of cannabis back in the early 90s that a friend of mine grew. He had a house out in Reseda and turned, this is like before it was legal, obviously, but he turned the whole basement of this house into a grow room and he used to make this uh, this weed and it looked like it was the most chronic. It smelled great. It tasted great. It was like the real thing, but it did absolutely nothing to your mind. Oh, no. And we, we used to call it pretendica instead of indica. <laughs> it was like, it was the, it was like a phenomenon. Me and my friends are like, well, it's better than having nothing, but just barely. So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> funny. I totally forgot about that. We'll now break for a brief yet crucial announcement. Are you a fan of the show and would love to do something to give back that requires very little time or energy on your part? Well, here's what you can do. Leave a review in iTunes. Now, this used to be really difficult. You had to log in. You had to know your Apple ID. It was very confusing and laborious. And in fact, I had to make a whole web page just to teach people how to do it. Well, check it out. If you're listening to this on the podcast app, all you have to do now to leave a five-star rating and a review is scroll down on the app to the bottom of this particular episode that you're listening to, and you can leave your rating and review right there. It takes two seconds, and it has a huge impact on the ratings and success of this show. Now, if you're not on an iPhone and you're listening to this on another device, as I said, I made it really easy for you. Go to lukestory.com forward slash how to iTunes review, and I give you very detailed instructions on how to do it. So thank you in advance for the rating and review. And thank you more than anything just for listening. Now, back to the interview. Okay. And then last thing. I swear I could do this forever, but we, <laughs> I, I don't want to keep you here all day out of respect for your time. But there's just so much stuff to cover. If we can do a brief bit on the 
dental microbiome and a few of the broad stroke best practices for dental and, um, you know, gum care? Yeah, I could definitely do that. Well, I like to start again with the microbiome uh, because there's a, there's a very important microbiome in the mouth. So just, I got this water hold on. Speaking of microbiome. I know, just thinking that. <laughs> Speaking of mouths. <laughs> so our main microbiome areas are the guts, and then the skin is quite huge. For women, there's a whole thing going on with the vaginal microbiome, which is important, and there's a whole chapter about that in the book. And then the mouth microbiome. And this is, again, this has been a bit of the, a missing component because the microbiome research has really just been getting juicy in the past 10 years, but it certainly helps us consider a lot about our oral health. And again, I feel like the mouth is a microcosm of what's going on in the world, right? We've got mercury in the oceans and mercury in our mouths. We've got depleted topsoil and we've depleted the diverse species of microbes that should be in our mouth. So for example, everybody has streptococcus mutans to some degree in their mouths. And that is a cavity causing bacteria because we all have it all the time. So why is it making cavities in some and not the other? And what we're now understanding is that that little microbe is missing its like ancestral bacterial buddies. And so it doesn't have the, uh, its other friends to sort of balance it and keep it in check. And then we're throwing into our little mouths sodium monosulfate, mercury fillings, triclosan, and alcoholic mouthwashes. And all of that is mutating and depleting the diversity of our mouth's microbiome. So we're sort of starting, you know, so we don't, and then fluoride, not to mention fluoride and chlorine in the water and on and on. And then not to mention some of the dental procedures we have like root canals, um, which really are creating a steady stream of unwanted necrotic bacteria into the body. And um, so we've really been going about it in the wrong way. So I liked, there's a thing I call stop, seal, and seed. And you can apply that to your skin or your mouth or your guts. And the idea is that you want to stop doing the things that are causing imbalances and disturbing the homeostasis of the mouth's oasis. And so that would be, um, you know, stop using that commercial toothpaste with all the chemicals in it or the harsh mouthwashes because that's, you know, adding chemicals to the bloodstream, but also messing with the mouth's microbiome. You want to stop eating, you know, food that's going to be really acidic to your mouth, like soda pop or wheat and corn, all that kind of stuff that's really creating like a leaky gut because the guts and the mouth are connected. So you want to stop doing things that are in inhibiting your health. And then you want to seal. So you think in terms of like how we have a leaky gut, well, we have leaky gums if they're bleeding and that, you know, just even like sodium oral sulfate toothpaste can be a cause of leaking gums and receding gums. And um, so we want to seal that. And really on one level, a cavity is like a leaky tooth. So another thing that's important to know is that our teeth have roots and they're kind of like trees. They're drawing up nutrients from the bloodstream into the tooth. And once it goes through the pulp chamber, you've actually got a situation going on where the tooth, the liquid becomes clear and each tooth like has its, oh, there's a lymphatic dentineal flow. So there's a lymphatic system in each tooth. 
And then that fluid is through the odontoblasts, which are the things that help keep your teeth mineralized and healthy. They have these little pumps. And then that pumps out this microscopic lymphatic fluid onto the surface of the teeth. It's like microscopic sweat. And then that, so that, so the tooth is like a toroidal system. It's drawing fluids in from the body and into the tooth in a centrifugal fashion and out onto the surface of the teeth where that fluid is to then coalesce with the saliva and help everything in the mouth be healthy and happy. And just like a wound on a tree, if there's an, uh, a, like a cavity starting Hopefully that system will, will send, like the tree sends sap to that area to repair the wound. It will also connect and communicate with the saliva to help repair that area. If we're eating a lot of sugar, again, that's not really about the sugar sitting on your teeth. It's about spikes in your blood sugar level that are then throwing off the body's systems. And if there's a lot of hormonal stress, a lot of sugar in the diet, not enough minerals, then what happens is that that fluid flow, that dentinal fluid flow, actually, well, it, it can stagnate, but then it can actually reverse. So that your tooth becomes, instead of this upward flow, it becomes like a straw, and it sucks in bacteria and fungus from the mouth into the tooth, and that is actually the genesis of how a cavity is created. Wow, that's crazy. So you're... <laughs> That's I've I've heard you talk on this before. I think that's why I just was like, no, we got to cover this. Yeah. So it's like in I think God, there's so many things we're just unaware of inside our mouth. There's a universe going on. Yes. It's its own little world, and I guess that's what we'd call the microbiome. But just that whole uh, system, that whole process is so fascinating. And I think that most of us, like myself, especially when I was younger, I thought that my teeth were just hard pieces of bone or almost yeah. rocks. I just thought they yeah. were rocks and they were inert and they just were there and that was it. And then sometimes they rot and you get them yanked or drilled into or whatever. Totally. But That's what I, I thought too. I never knew that there were these little living fountains of minerals and they, yes. they, they're they alive. I mean, they're an they're organ. Alive. It's so <laughs> weird to, to discover that. And, uh, you know, I'm like, God, I implore to anyone younger listening to find a biological dentist right yes. away. You know, that's the thing is, is most dentists. Um, and I know this because my teeth are pretty much wrecked at this point from going to traditionally trained dentists, but they, I don't even think that like the Western model dentists even understand what you just said. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a rare, I mean, my work, <laughs> my work is all, I'm not obviously not a dentist, um, right. but I have teeth. I'm like, why can't, why can't us, the, the holders of teeth get to know this situation? And, um, but all my work comes from the work of dentists that are mavericks and renegades and, and deeply committed to understanding the mouth. So there have been some awesome pioneering dentists and, uh, that's, you know, that comes from the work understanding the, the dental dentinal fluid system comes from the work of Dr. Ralph Steinem, who was a dentist and he, in the, in the fifties, and he knew he would read texts from the 1800s. And at that time they really felt that the, there was a systemic connection. There might be some kind of fluid, but really in the forties, the, the, you know, whatever dental association in the States was just like, no, it's going to be the acidogenic theory. 
there's no connection. It's acid and sugar on the teeth and that's it. But he, he had asthma and allergies and so bad he couldn't even like work in August because we get so bad every year. And then somebody, you know, told him about not eating all the white food and white bread and sugar and everything. So he did that and his allergies totally cleared up. So he, he was just really, yeah, this is the fifties. He was like, wow, the, the connection with the body is more than I thought. So we actually stopped practicing and went fully into dental research at Loma Linda university. And so the rest of like, oh, was it 40 years, 20 years, enough years and thousands of studies later, he was able to, to witness and, and, and map out this dentineal fluid system uh, but he didn't quite know the triggers. So then he teamed up with an endocrinologist and they discovered that, of course, as with everything in our bodies, it goes back to the hypothalamus <laughs> that speaks in glandular communication to the parotid glands in the mouth. At the moment we start chewing and hopefully we've got nutrient rich food that's making those chemical communications with the rest of the body. And so they mapped it all out, but still to this day, um, it's not taught in dental school. And then that I, I, I got from reading um, this book by Dr. Hal Huggins, who we can be so thankful for, right, for his right. work on mercury and all of that. But it came, it was just one paragraph where he talked about Dr. Rolf Stein in, in a used book that I got called um, How to Not, I can't remember, but it's like How to Not Raise Ugly Kids or something like that. <laughs> and uh, he always had a sense of humor. Um and he just, when he met Dr. Simon, he said, my whole dentistry degree just got like washed away like a sandcastle. And um, so then from there, I explored it and it was hard to pull together the information. But eventually, I think it was even after my book was out, but then somebody did pull together all that information. And you can actually find all those studies in a book on Amazon. I think it's called Dentineal Fluid Transport. Exciting read. <laughs> I well, thank God people like you are you know dedicated enough to read it because many of us won't. Uh, I'd also I'd like to mention to the listeners a few episodes ago, back toward the beginning, probably in the teens of this, I did a show with Dr. David Villarreal. Oh, who's, great! Yeah, who I'm sure you you may have met over the years. Uh, he was a student and protege of Hal Huggins, and I did an episode with him. It's called "How to Protect Your Teeth from Dumb Dentistry," and we really, oh, yeah, we really cover the stuff from the perspective of, of a dentist that understands the the mouth system in this way. But I, I was just thinking as you were describing that and how it's so difficult to find this information and how your average dentist doesn't come from this perspective. And I was like, well, of course they don't because there's no money in it. It's like if you yeah. went to the dentist and they're like, oh, wow, you got your first cavity. Let me explain the way that the minerals work in these little fountains and da, 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 da. And if, if he just said what you said, then you'd go home and treat your teeth accordingly and you would never come back to the goddamn dentist, which is not <laughs> very good for the bottom line. So in like much of allopathic Western medicine and big pharma, it, the, the vested interests aren't really in teaching you to become the, uh, you know, the sovereign owner of these different body systems. So it's, I think it's up to people like you and Hal Huggins and me putting the show out to educate people in a way that allows them to be in charge of this and not have to, you know, lose half their teeth basically like I have. I mean, half my mouth is made of porcelain at this point. And it's, mm -hmm. it's not only expensive, it's just a pain in the ass to deal with, you know, it's like one of my porcelain inlays is always breaking. I had to, you know, I have a missing tooth. So now my teeth are all worn down on one side because I got one pulled and it's just like, oh God, it's one of those things that I, 
like very few times in my life, I wish I would have listened to my elders when they were like, hey, maybe you shouldn't open beer bottles with your teeth. And I was like, F oh. you, man, I'm rock and roll. It's like, <laughs> oh, you idiot. God, why did I, you know, it's like the one thing I really regret uh, was not properly caring for my teeth when I was young. So thank you for that perspective and that information. The last thing I'm going to ask you about the traditional questions before we wrap it up is, is oil pulling a real thing, this Ayurvedic practice of swishing different oils around your mouth? And if it is legit, what oils work and what oils don't work in your opinion? Yeah, it, I think it is a legit thing. And I, I have experienced and I've seen, I've witnessed, um, really great improvements with people's teeth and a lot of whitening happening, which is great. So it's an ancient Ayurvedic thing, which, you know, obviously there weren't scientific studies back then, but I think when something's around for that long, then there's its own kind of proof, so to speak. And then lately there actually have been studies that have shown it to be effective. So personally, I like using MCT oil because it's already liquid as opposed to the coconut oil. And um, for our libations, we have, uh, we call them dental swishing serums. And we add in a lot of the potent uh, essential oils because I feel like that's a way to kind of upgrade the oil pulling situation. Oh, cool. I didn't know you guys yeah. had that. So you have so many products I can't ever I get to the end I of the know. line. Okay, carry on. I got too much creativity. And we put in things like CoQ10 and that kind of stuff. But you, oh, and, cool. um, in my book, I have a recipe for tooth butter cups, which is something I made up, which you take coconut oil, some essential oils, you can add clay, charcoal, and then you just, you know, those chocolate silicone. Yeah, yeah. Molds are so easy to find. And, sure, and sure. Silicone's really safe. And then you can just make, you know, liquefy the coconut oil, blend in your ingredients, and then uh, pour it in, pop it in the fridge. You try and get the smallest ones you can, like little kind of sugar cube sizes or something. Right. And it's so fun to do with your kids if you have any. And then you can put them in a mason jar and then just, then they're the right size that so you can pop in and do oil, oil swishing sessions. And um, it really does help with because it helps to remove and draw out toxins from the mouth and then rebalance the mouth's uh, microbiome. And it really helps with things like bleeding gums and all of that. Because if you if you do have bleeding gums when you're flossing, you know, that shouldn't be happening. So you really need to be lubricating those gums and, and anointing them after, every time after you brush. I have we have a, a something called Yogi 2 Serum. Yeah, and, I love uh, that stuff. Yeah. I love it's that really stuff. potent and people literally will have bleeding gums and then for some it will take longer but for some they just put one drop along their gum there's floss and they don't bleed by the next day maybe that's why i because i used to have bleeding gums and i don't anymore and i don't know what did it maybe you cured me and i didn't even know it <laughs> <laughs> i very rarely get bleeding gums anymore and I've, I've been using that stuff and and just incorporating essential oils more into my thing but in terms of the oil pulling i've I, there's just if you google it i mean it's just there's a lot of controversy about the um the you know the validity of that but you had me at whitening because as mm -hmm. you know, I'm 47. I drink a lot of tea and coffee and elixirs yeah, and all and we, shit, and a lot of pigment-rich foods. I'm sure. Right? Yeah, like, totally. I'm like, that's the thing. If you eat a lot of pigment-rich antioxidant foods, your teeth suffer. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. I've got my bulletproof brain octane oil. I'm in. I want whiter teeth. Yeah, that just do it with that. That's cool. um, also just speaking of whiteness because everybody's always interested in that. There's um, also, by the way, there's also a great app on uh, that you can get on your phone to whiten your teeth <laughs> for, no way, for Instagram. Yeah, for photos. I'm halfway joking. No, there's like, oh, <laughs> you know, I, like, 
you see people on Instagram are like, really? That looks like a piece of copy paper. Like no one's teeth are that white. Anyway, just oh, kidding. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I always joke if the secret to flawless skin is Photoshop. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We got to just realize whiteness comes from the inside. So we've all been educated on that pulp chamber inside the mouth. And so you really want to plump it up with vitamin D3 and K2. So then it comes back to the sun and the supplements and the fat-soluble vitamins. Because you'll often, I've seen so many vegans with gray, glassy teeth. And that's because they're not getting the fat that they need. And it'll, you know, it's going to be, the, Ron and I call it the day the fats run out, you know. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> um, so it's going to be different for every different person on that diet. But when you're also, when you're eating, like if you're eating lentils for lunch and oats for breakfast and rice for dinner, that's just what we now know too, is that's just too many carbs and you're going to have spikes in your blood sugar level. And I really think one of the keys for optimal health is having a balanced blood sugar because the moment it's not, then you set off an inflammatory cascade that, you know, from hormones to skincare to teeth to you know, deeper uh, autoimmune issues. So that's really important. But we all think the enamel is the white thing, but actually the enamel's transparent and it's reflecting the health of the inside of the tooth. So that's why really whiteness does come from within. So you want to amp up those fat soluble vitamins. And if you are a vegan, I totally get it. I've so been there. And um, so then just supplement supplement because k2 there's it's always a vegan it's it's made from a nut from natto from a fermented soy so we really take care and have those vitamins and then if you use hydrogen peroxide a really good quality one food grade three percent just like once a week that will be a natural whitener that won't harm the enamel but it can be a bit astringent with the gum so you want to uh, follow that with a rinse of the baking soda water and another fun thing I've been doing is just taking a, like some baking soda, putting it in a little jar, and then adding a little bit of the hydrogen peroxide that's diluted to 3%, and then letting it sort of dry out so that you have kind of a dry hydrogen peroxide baking soda powder. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then I just sort of do that once a week for a little bit of extra whitening. That's awesome. I'm glad we got into that because I have been thinking about this, and I know from interviewing Dr. David uh, Villarreal about teeth whitening and stuff, any biological dentist or even just uh, kind of just a naturally leaning dentist will tell you that most of the tooth whitening procedures really wreck your teeth and they're really not good. Would you agree with that assumption? Totally. And then you're really in a vicious cycle because your teeth will get yellower faster because you're wearing away the enamel. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, actually, you know, as a matter of fact, I forgot about this, but Many years ago, God, probably 15, 18 years ago when that Zoom whitening laser shit came out, I went and did that. I'm like, I wonder if that's why my teeth won't ever get like as white as they were mm. once in life. Yeah. So I always tell people, yeah. don't, don't do it. It just, I don't know, anything that's that good, you just can't trust. Yeah. And I mean, it's again, it's we're, we're in the situation where it's the veneer of it all. That's, that's the only thing that matters, right? For our, what we think, what, like what we're proposing as what's beautiful. Right. It's just, we're so caught up in the veneer and literally we have veneers on our teeth and it's just like, but then come whatever, 50, 60, it's like, ah, oh. <laughs> now what? Cause I was, you know, cause we were just bleaching our teeth when we were 20. 
Right. You just made me think of uh, Keith Richards. I just saw a picture of him today. And, you know, if you look at early pictures of him, his teeth are just totally tweaked. And then at some point in the 80s, he he just got these huge, bright, you know, beautifully spaced, very un-British teeth. And uh, <laughs> he's, he just has a whole mouthful of veneers, you know, but they look so perfect that they don't look real. And that is on the other end of the spectrum. That's your other option at the end when you've totally trashed your teeth then you kind of just have to get a bunch of fake ones put on that look white and healthy, but they haven't yes. nailed, they haven't nailed like the natural look of veneers yet. You know, no. if he can't afford it, they don't exist basically. <laughs> you know, what's great though. Step that we, we literally right now have the ability to grow teeth. Um, it just hasn't gotten to like a normal go to your dentist level. Ooh, but like it, with stem cells or something weird? Yeah, totally with stem cells. And there's like a little like uh, like a mold, like a shape that they would put over the gum line. Um, I, might, I might not be describing it perfectly, but then, you know, injecting stem cells to that area, then the mold keeps it formed. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because yeah. one of the things that I didn't listen to the elders about was wearing a night guard because I grind my teeth like a freaking psycho. So <laughs> my teeth are, many of them are ground down to where there's no enamel. They're just like, they're toast basically. So I was like, I've actually thought about that. I'm going, science, hurry up. Like the anti-aging people have to get this figured out so I can grow a tooth. And I think I heard something about them first doing it like on a pig or something weird like yeah, that. Yeah, it was a pig. It was? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that. Good. There's a glimmer of hope there for my poor old teeth that are all ground down to nubs. For sure. Uh, well, get your, keep your fat soluble vitamins going. And there's, um, I have to look in my other book on holistic dentistry, but there's actually some homeopathic tissue salts that you just swish with them. And they're really good for um, stabilizing the enamel. Cause I had, I had a period where I was really into bee pollen, which kind of just didn't work so well with enamel. Oh my God, I didn't know that. I chew on that stuff like it's gone out of business. Ah, <laughs> dude. So, so no bee pollen chewing uh, if you want good yeah, enamel? Yeah, not for a little bit. Not okay. for like, let's, let's get your enamel caught up. Okay, interesting. Wow. Um, so much information here. Well, Nadine, we we're hitting the two hour mark. Uh, <laughs> as I said, I promised an hour and we've over delivered. So, uh, I'm assuming we'll probably make this a double episode, which is great for you, me, and the listeners. In closing, I've got a question for you. It's a three-parter. You've answered it before. Hopefully, you don't remember your answers, though, and you'll come up with new ones. And that is, you've taught me so much. You've taught our audience so much today. Who have been three teachers or teachings throughout your life that have most influenced your work? Mm. Rumi, the poet. Krishnamurti, for just really getting the mind in order. And Abyssinia, who invented distilling rose. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. That's and, a great and obscure wrote, one. Yeah, he's written, he wrote like I think over 400 texts. Um, a lot of them are still in existence, but he is definitely uh, one of the most brilliant people that's walked the planet. Awesome. Very good. Thank you for those recommendations. And we will put those in the show notes. Those of you listening, you know, you can find the show notes at lukestory.com. And if you want them emailed to you, just go to the homepage and click on the little tab right at the top. 
that says show notes into your email, and we will send them to you, including these every damn week. Nadine, speaking of websites, where can we find you, your work, your book? Your, as I said, by the time this airs, it'll be in a couple of weeks, your book will have been out. So give us everything you want to promote. For sure. Well, actually, the book came out on Tuesday. Oh, it did? Oh, yeah. it came out on the 14th. That's right. Uh, I can send you I can send you a real copy from the Oh, store. yeah, yeah. Like please do. That's funny because yeah. I was looking at my email today and I was like, oh, yeah, so it'll come out in a week. And, oh, it is. it has been a week. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, it it's so funny because I was I was doing an Instagram story today and I was I was posting and showing the cover of your book and, and then I thought, oh shit, that's the advanced copy and I deleted it because oh. I didn't realize it was out already. So cool. So tell yeah. us where we can find all that stuff. Yeah, so livinglibations.com and uh, and the books on there, of course, and our wonderland of creations. And it's also on, you know, Amazon and the the Kindle versions on Amazon and all of that. And then uh, we have lots of social media channels, but I do the Instagram if you want to hang out there and you can see and drink in the beauty of where we live. Awesome. Yeah, your Instagram's great. I always like your pictures. You have, I don't know, wherever you live is, is this mystical, magical place. There's like slow motion bees flying from flower to flower in this gorgeous lake. It's like, I was like, wow, that is the life. She is living the dream up there, or at least it appears so on your Instagram. So, yeah, yeah. It's, to me, it's like heaven on earth, especially in you know, in spring, summer, and fall. It's it literally. I don't even. I can't even leave. I just so happy here. Oh, that's beautiful. Good for you. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. Congratulations on the book. I'm going to do everything I can to get it out in the world for you. It's really great information. It's beautifully designed. So I'm all into it. And uh, until we speak again, Nadine, I will bid you farewell. Thank you so much. And that concludes another marathon double episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. Man, thank you so much for joining me. You have no idea how fun it is for me to get to do these interviews. Like seriously, these are my favorite people in the world, you guys. And I get to sit down and not only have chats with them and ask them everything I've ever wanted to know, but I get to broadcast that out into the universe and into the minds of listeners just like you. So thank you so much for joining me on the journey. I'm learning a ton every week. I hope that you are. I want to ask you a favor. If you're a listener of the show and you're one of those people that send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, my website, showing your appreciation, I love that and I thank you so much. But I want to let you know what would help even more is for you to forward this episode to a friend. And as I indicated earlier in the mid-roll plug, to leave a rating and a review. It's now so easy to do that. You just scroll right down into this episode on your uh, podcast player on your iPhone and you can leave a rating and a review right there. So share this with a friend, leave a rating and a review, and you will be helping humankind <laughs> make a giant leap forward into sharing this information with everyone in the world. All right. So thank you so much for joining me and check it out. Next week's episode is an interesting one. I want to give a little plug for that. That's number 107 with Jesse and Marnie from the Ultimate Health Podcast. Now these guys have one of the, I think it's like the top 10 
most popular health podcasts in the entire world. They're like my heroes. They're where I want to get to. If you share this and leave ratings and reviews, that's where Luke's going, baby. But these guys are really great people. They're very knowledgeable. And it's interesting because we were going to talk about health and then we sort of talked about what it's like to run a hit health podcast. And so it's a, it's a kind of a peek behind the curtain. It's a little bit different format or I guess subject matter than I normally cover, but I think it's really interesting. So that's next Tuesday, number 107 with Jesse and Marnie from the Ultimate Health Podcast. And uh, if you want to make sure that you don't miss that or any episodes to follow, I've got some really good ones coming out, you guys. You're going to freak when you see what I've got in store for you. Honestly, I have, I don't know, a couple months worth recorded in advance and I've got some insanity coming at your eardrum soon. But if you want to make sure you don't miss them, dude, it's really easy. Just click subscribe on your app. Uh, the app has recently changed at least the iPhone version of it. And it's really weird. Like you got to work really hard to get the new episodes of shows you're not subscribed to. It's actually kind of a pain in the ass. I'm not a super fan. So if anyone from Apple is listening to this, like y'all get your asses together. It's kind of weird what you've done with the app. It's awesome because it's easy to leave ratings and reviews now, which used to be excruciatingly difficult and a total pain in the ass. Uh, But now uh, it's just kind of hard to follow episodes unless you subscribe. So it sort of makes you subscribe to shows. So why don't you just follow suit, follow the brainwashing from me (laughs) from iTunes and just subscribe to the show. All right. I love you guys so much. Thank you for helping me live my dream. Take care. Ooh, actually, shit, one more thing. Don't forget to go to livinglibations.com and check out Nadine's amazing, massive suite of personal care products. And when you get over there, don't forget to use the code LIFESTYLIST and save 5%. Now, 5% might not sound like a lot, but these are high-quality products, and they ain't cheap, I'm going to warn you, but they are absolutely worth it. I mean, I don't know, one deodorant costs, I forget what it costs. It's a lot, but it lasts like six months, and it doesn't give you cancer, so it's awesome. Uh, So go to livinglibations.com. And enter the code lifestylist and save 5%. You will not regret it, trust me. I know you're going to thank me later on. All right, now I can really say good night, good day, whatever it is. Good morning. Peace out. Bye bye. I want to remind you if you're ready to take your health and your well being to the next level, do what I do and get your ass into an infrared sauna on a daily basis, okay? The best one I've found on the market is absolutely clear light saunas. Here's some of the reasons that I believe that to be true. Their saunas have no EMF or ELF exposure, no chemical off-gassing, the most powerful heaters on the market. They make indoor and outdoor units. They have a legit 100% no BS lifetime warranty. They come with chromotherapy lighting and Bluetooth sound systems. They are just absolutely the best on the market, and I have no shame in telling you that. If you find something better, let me know. But for my money, I'm going with Clearlight. And speaking of money, if you want to save $450 on your order, plus free shipping and a free backrest, all you have to do is go to healwithheat.com and drop the name Luke and you're going to get hooked up. You can also call them at 800-317-5070. That's Clearlight Saunas at healwithheat.com or 800-317-5070. 5070. Tell them I sent you and you're going to get dialed in.